Hello, and welcome to another episode of Such a Nightmare. I am Catherine Troyer, and I am joined once again by Anthony Tresca. Hey there! This is a podcast devoted to thoughtful discussions about that fine line between the horrific and the horrible. Each episode looks at a specific horror text that is, for better or worse, giving us nightmares. And we are so thankful to have you join us for our conversation today about 2020's Antebellum. I feel bad for any film that got released in 2020. I just yeah. feel like that is a steep losing battle. Yeah, that's um, a horror movie in and of itself. <laughs> it, it really, really is. And uh, I, I think that this film, I don't know. I, I don't know if any film should have come out because I think that they missed the opportunity for larger conversations um, and and I think that that this film didn't get the conversations it needed to get about it, all aspects of the film, um, and th and that's a real shame. So that's that's why we're bringing it to you now um, as as one of our discussions. So Anthony, uh, you casually mentioned that this was not the bestest most exciting film for you that you had seen yeah um i think that there might be another reason that this film did not get the conversation that i yeah that um that you talked about and i think it might just be because it's not that good um i, I really like janelle monet and so it really breaks my heart that this is how janelle monet this is her introduction into the horror genre because while I think she does a really nice job, I ultimately think that this film doesn't really have a lot to say and really hinges on a lot of like, it hinges on this, you know what, just gonna jump in. Spoilers, obviously, uh, but also nothing that they haven't spoiled in the trailer. Um, Oh, don't even get me started on that, but yes. So the whole film relies on this twist that they are not actually in the antebellum, that this is not in the Deep South. But, and this is a twist that they already tell you is, is coming because of the trailer and is heavy-handedly signaled throughout the first act, and yet the first act just plays pretty straight like a, like a film set in the antebellum. Then the second act is pretty unrelated and just tells the story of this woman set in present day. And then the third act goes back into uh, the time period of, that the first act was set in, in the antebellum looking time period that's really our modern world. And it just really feels disjointed. And the non-linear storytelling really only feels there to cover up for the fact that this film, that nothing really happens in this film and that there is no deeper conversation that, that uh, no deeper theme that the film really wants to articulate other than like, Oh yeah. Uh, 
that time period was really bad, and I don't think we've moved on. So I'm going to, as I often do, simultaneously agree and disagree with you. Um, so I am going to agree with you that I think that the um, there was a disjointedness to the to the three acts that um, was problematic. So much so that I have to tell you about my least favorite thing that I I read that related to a film for maybe all of 2020. So if your job is to be a professional film critic, I feel like your job is to be smart and you don't have to be like mind boggling, beautiful mind smart, but you do have to like understand what you're seeing. I read a review where someone said, I really didn't. And this was again, professional review. I really didn't understand what this film was doing. Um, there were, we followed two separate people, um, this woman who was clearly a slave, and then this other woman who was maybe um, related, like an ancestor of the first one. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, no wonder you didn't like this film if you're that stupid. I mean, honestly, like, that you didn't pick up on the fact that it is the same person, but... That's pretty frustrating. I mean, oh, I, I like my body was like moving. Like I just, I couldn't contain my, my frustration. It just, Ooh, it still makes me so angry because I just can't like, how did you miss? I just don't understand. But, but (laughs) it is true that I think the film could have found better ways of creating the transitions between those sections. Yeah. And I think that, for me, I think that the thing that they would have then had to do is to have something deeper to say, which is what I feel that the film ultimately, why it was unable to connect those things. Because let's really boil it down. Like, what is what is the ultimate purpose of this movie? Like, what is the core? What is, at the, what is the message at the heart of this movie? I would say that the movie's message that it's trying to communicate is is sort of multifold. Um, I think one is is that by using the title antebellum, right, and and having that be a word that that although we associate it with the the American Civil War in particular, really has to do with recurring or existing before a particular war. That we understand that like that that there is a message being communicated that even though we may not be fighting a civil war, we should still understand that we are in a time of civil unrest. So, so I think that's a message that clearly still is one that people need to hear. Um, I, I, I think it was buried a little too deep. Right. But, but I think that's one of the messages the film was trying to say. I think the other message the film was trying to say, is, and you, you said this is this idea that, um, that we are not as, as, fixed as we think we are and that we are a lot more broken um, than we are willing to acknowledge. And I think that's actually a very powerful theme. I I do think it was a theme that was ultimately uh, watered down. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because this film is not really a true horror movie in the sense that we typically think of it. I think it's probably more of a horror movie in the same way that like 12 Years a Slave is a horror movie. 
and that it the horror is depicted from just the cruelty of the acts that are being perpetuated on another human being rather than actually talking about like focusing on the true source of horror which is like oh my god how how does humanity get to this point of that they are doing this it is just look at how horrible these acts are i don't think that the film seriously is able is is able to get at that question and i think it's because of the structure and i we can talk more deeply about that uh, if you want right now or we can can that and talk about it a little later i i do want to talk a little bit about it um because i i think that you have articulated what I've been trying to pinpoint as, as one of my problems with this film because I, I do think that this was a significantly flawed film. Um, and I think it's because... So there are two reasons. One of them has to do with the simplicity of some construction. And we'll, we can talk about that definitely later. But one of it is, is, is what you said, which is that there is a difference between what the film thinks or wants to be the source of horror, which is more along the lines of, of the social horrors of Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what this film wanted. I mean, it's clearly right? inspired by yes. the type of it's exactly. like this film would not have been greenlit and would not happen if get out wasn't made. No, if this and, is, and yeah. you're right. <laughs> and, and so I think that it wants the source of horror to be um, this idea of like, what type of system do we have to have in place that would allow this, right? Like, and, and kind of, again, that sort of social slant. But unfortunately, as you said, what this film relies on more exclusively, and so what the actual source of horror produced by the visuals in particular, um, is is more about um, the brutality of, of slavery and of, of owning another person's body. And they're tight. And the problem is, is that they're not, those two sources of horror should not have to be mutually exclusive. Um, But the problem is, is that in part because of the disconnect that is felt to such a degree, people thought they were two different stories um, (laughs) between the, the anti um, the, the, the plantation life and the, um, her, her regular life. Um, The result is, is that, like you said, what, what causes the most discomfort and anxiety and concern in this film um, is the historical acknowledgement of what we did to slaves. Um, yeah, and I think it's a lot, a lot of it really comes down to the horrific actions of individuals. And I think it's really, it's like, oh my God, how could individuals do this? It's hor- That's horribly cruel, that individual act is. Rather than I think what, it, what would be far, far, what's far, far more interesting is like the larger, exactly what you're talking about, the larger systemic systems that have allowed, that allowed a system like this to go on. That still, the remnants of that, that are still present in our culture today uh, of that system. Those are, I think, the more interesting questions. And they are they are vaguely at play in the film itself and and yet it's not they're not able to deliver it in a really satisfying way i think the first act is far too long um just just set on that original plantation and it's it's 35 plus minutes uh of just being set on this place where it is operating as mostly a 
I mean, frankly, just like a, a, a period piece. It's operating under that with like really heavy handed nods to like the twist. Like, when are we getting out? Those types of things, really heavy handed. I think that if you shorten the first section, get to this, get to the real world implication stuff, then maybe you can set yourself up to it. I think it's just too long in that first act. And then it just asks you to come out of it and doesn't have to give itself enough time to establish any of the other threads that it establishes. I I think you're absolutely correct about there being some, some massive pacing issues, um, which also leads to a really much too quick third act. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to quickly bring in our, our scholar of the episode because I think that I want to use her to to pick through this this act one act two act three sequence that bothered you so much and because I'm not sure it bothered me quite as much and and I want to see I want to kind of walk through maybe why I want to return back to someone that we looked at in our Candyman episode uh, and that is Robin Means Coleman whose book Horror Noir was made into the Shutter documentary Horror Noir. I would love to hear her thoughts about this film um, because I, I would love to see her sort of take this film and, and juxtapose it against some films that I think most people would agree are are both more effective and possibly more horror-ish despite not having been labeled as such. And I'm talking particularly about uh, Oprah Winfrey's version of Beloved. Um, a lot of people wouldn't consider Beloved to be uh, horror, um, and and there are good arguments for why it's not. It's it's more clearly a period piece, like you said. It's definitely um, akin to, to 12 Years a Slave. Um, but there are, in both um, Morrison's book and the film, these sort of supernatural touches, right, um, with the sort of legacy and, and um, ghostly-like figures. Um, and also it is without a doubt depicting things that are horrific. Uh, but what I thought was interesting um, is this quote that Coleman pulls uh, actually from a, a scholar named Ellen Scott, who says, Beloved begins to enunciate a profound and difficult question, one repressed by traditional representations of slavery and one which is particularly important to African-Americans in the post-civil rights, post-black power era. What moment, place, feeling defines freedom for African Americans? So that, and I, I think there's some really interesting ways in which that is the question that Antebellum is trying to ask. And I don't think successfully, but I, I think that's a question in there. The other thing that I think is worth um, bringing into this conversation, particularly as it pertains to the the, the part set not on the plantation, uh, is what Coleman has to offer about black women in horror. And so she talks about the fact that if you, if you look at a lot of um, horror, the only black women we have are often like the wicked voodoo priestesses or things like that, but that rarely do black women get to be central and feminine. And that's not just, she says um, something that's true of the horror genre. It's sort of just true um, in a bigger sense. And so she says, this is a quote from her, as a result, black women are not afforded the opportunity to fight for or opt to escape from a feminine performance, including the proverbial um, pedestal. Here again is a place where there are places where I think this film so could have become something really masterful. 
uh, because we have this great performance. So I, I do think that it worked for us to shift from the plantation to to the real. And the reason why um, is because we have become so accustomed to the idea that, that black bodies were abused in slavery. And, and I think a lot of people are like, yeah, that's not great, but you know, it's over and, and who cares? And that's, you know, it's, it's no longer our present. Whereas this film by starting us there is reminding us that first off, it was never acceptable, right? Like that the fact that modern gynecology started because he could experiment on female slaves bodies without having to worry about things. Um, that like that's not an okay place to begin and i think that it's designed whether or not it's effective to make us understand just the level of atrocity that we committed as a nation on black bodies by then moving and showing us a black body that's that same black body that is now um her own agent um and and in possession of of these things yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think that it is, these are all the things that I think that the film, it's clear, was trying to do. And I, and I, and it, a lot of the failure, I think, just comes from a mismanagement of time then in, yeah. in, in like literal execution. Because you're, I think you're absolutely right. It is important to show and remind and be like, look, no. Look at what was denied. Look at the abuse. Look at how terrible it is. And then to juxtapose it with like a fully realized person so that then you can really see the disparity of what was denied and kept from these people who were just, I mean, at the end of the day, no, literally no different from the people on the other end who were doing the abuse. It's, it, it's a powerful juxtaposition. However, it, <laughs> that's really unfortunately all that it really is it's just a juxtaposition it feels like a juxtaposition without a lot of added commentary where because i don't understand then looking at the film not obviously not applying well i can we can obviously apply our own commentary outside of this and on top of this like we're doing right now but once we get into that second act and into the third act what the clear source of horror is I understand that the source of like a, the initial source of horror that comes from the juxtaposition of like, look at this person in this time period and now look at them now. That's pretty scary, right? That this could happen. Yeah. So I I think I would have kept I would have started us with still the the scene on the plantation because um, first off I I personally thought the first like seven ish minutes of that film were beautiful. Um, in terms of the directing and in terms of like just some of the that sense of that like it wasn't an extended um, a long shot but that sort of sense of it uh, so I would have kept that that first opening like seven to ten minutes but I also I don't have a problem with the idea of showing us something that we think is the past but then realizing that it's it's present and we're gonna have a scene that is chronologically past that will feel futuristic like I, I don't have a problem with that but I think that to your issue of timing after that first about 10 minutes where we we see that we are on a plantation i would have then cut to some of the early scenes with her and and made it seem at first like that dumb 
um, reviewer thought where it feels like where we think that it's a multi-generational thing. Right. And we're like, oh, interesting. And then we realize as the threads sort of unravel because we realize there are too many similarities between them that it can't just be that they look the same because it's the same actress, but that like both of them have this, you know, ability to do yoga type thing, right? Like, and I just would have made it so that actually the reveal would have happened as because you would have begun to see that our back and forth between these two sections of the story were too identical. That's Mm -hmm. what I would have done. I think that that would have been more effective, certainly. Or you just couldn't have any trailers, right? I mean, that's the, the problem is, is that nothing about this film was a twist because the trailers went out and, and if you're going to do a film that's going to have a huge twist like that, you just have to demand. You can't spoil it in the trailer, you know? Like, you just... It would have helped, certainly. But but I think it doesn't ultimately... Even I think even if uh, you don't know the twist, I don't think it ultimately makes up for, for the fact that I... At least... In my in my opinion, by the time we got to the third act, I was very, I was unsure with exactly what we were supposed, where what the film was supposed to be, what the film was ultimately arguing, and it had gotten so off from what I think the initial source of horror was, which is this juxtaposition of how could this happen to someone, how how could this this individual be denied this autonomy. I think what this film needed to have as its central argument um, was this idea that while it is unlikely that we probably have a modern day slave plantation hidden somewhere in one of our state parks, the reality of that is not as far away or the conditions to produce such a reality are not as far away as you think, right? That's what the film was trying to ultimately argue and show, right? The problem, in my opinion, and the way that this film managed to be wildly unsuccessful was that it it made things too simple. It it created a very good and evil um, on polar opposites and... And we saw that everyone that would have been a a person participating in this modern day slave plantation was just unabashedly, wholeheartedly, in every sense, nutty levels of evil. Yeah. Yeah. And and that to me is the problem because as we've talked about before, one of the things that I think uh, horror has the power to do is to remind us that those people that this film is vilifying, that we are rooting to be destroyed, that that person might be lurking in us all along. And that and that there is a there is not that much that it would take for us to be the villain of someone's horror film. And I think that's why and I don't think every film has to do that. So obviously like uh, American Psycho, I think alienates us very much so from from Christian Bale's character, but it forces us to remember that we are just as much of a of a taker of a consumer, right? So it's doing it on a different level. But I, I think the problem of this film was is that you looked at any of the white people 
And it was too easy as a white person to say, well, that person's nutty and evil. And obviously I'm not that. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that comes from just the literal setting of the plantation and this being so alien from like what most white people had experienced. And like, it's not a, this is not something that is feels feel feels real anymore which is part of what i think the film is trying to comment on by setting it here but what it ultimately does i think is make it feel more akin to the horrors of 12 years a slave where it's like well that's the horrors of our past rather than what i think the film really should have doubled down on is like the systemic horrors of the past and how they shape the horrors that we see today in our future and so I, i i think that perhaps like the setting perhaps did some of that work of alienation um, for it as well. Yeah, it did, but it it's not, it didn't do so much alienating that it would have been impossible to recover. So first, uh, you know, we have the character of the, the one younger um, army officer or whatever who seems to be real shy. Um, and then, you know, once his masculinity is questioned, he has to, to punish um, the the woman that he spends the night with. Um, I think that if we had taken that character a little bit further, right. And really played up this idea of, of what it is that causes us to live in a culture where masculinity is so fragile um, that it can be, it can be exploited that easily. Um, I think if the older uh, gentleman had um, like, if we had heard him having more conversations with his family off off the plantation so we could have seen that he truly thought of himself as a good guy but honestly the biggest problem was jenna malone's character i yeah i i I, and i i I wonder if we're gonna have the same come to the same conclusion because i think we're what go ahead no i want to hear you first so i what i think is interesting is i think that the film is not really able to make that successful critique about the horrors of the past leading into the the horror the the horrors of our present and whatnot because perhaps of i think in part of the simplistic nature in which it presents every character in the film and that includes Janelle Monet's character who I think is depicted as being so well off and good in the present that when she's forced on that plantation into the past it almost it really does feel just like well it's not so much that anything bad in the current system uh, in the rest of the world is that bad it's only bad on on this plantation because of how simplistic and good they've made this other character and so i think that there are a lot of problems that come from it and it makes it seem so isolated and individualistic in terms of scope rather than what i think the film needed to do which was a pro- apply a broader critique to to the whole system yes i think you're right in that in literally making the the modernistic component right because it's not or the modern world component Mm -hmm. lighter like it's literally a lighter experience visually um they make it seem like 
The only racism that she has ever encountered is admittedly a high level is being um, taken to a slave plantation. Yeah. And there's, there's like one or two moments where we see like a moment where she feels uncomfortable or where she is aware of herself um, in, in terms of her black femininity. But for the most part, it really, you're right. It does show this idea that the only thing that separates or that her life was so perfect before she had everything one could want. If the film had instead built in more of this awareness of microaggressions and of the fact that on any given day, that character, as is the case with most black people in America, are reminded of their blackness in a way that white people are not reminded of their whiteness. If it had started there, if it had made that more explicit, I think you're right that that would have helped communicate better that it's not that it we don't have slavery today, but we're not as good as we think we are. But I think for me, so I, I hadn't realized until you said um, the lead actress's name aloud, how close the two um, main female actresses names are. I also had a problem with Jenna Malone's per- character um, as the, the white woman who was sort of oh. masterminding everything. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Like I hadn't, I hadn't, in fact, I was like, did, did he just pronounce one of them really wonky? Like, are we to even talk? And then I realized we're not talking about the we're same We're not talking ones. about the same characters. So, I see now. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, but it's a similar argument in that I think that that Jenna Malone character is so clearly depicted as just being, and, and I don't, I don't use this word lightly, but crazy, right? She, she's unhinged. Yeah. Um, she she's doing this because because she can and because like she likes hoop skirts right like there's no and i've had this problem before and i've articulated this problem before i think one of the scariest things to me because i don't understand it at all at all at all and i think about it all the time in our current world um and that is i don't understand how anyone who is themselves in a marginalized group And so anyone who is not an attractive, heterosexual, white, rich male, anyone that's not in that category could encourage, vote for, contribute to, develop the marginalization and oppression of others and the support of the people in power who clearly don't care about others. I just... I don't under that. I just can't. I just cannot understand that. And so, in horror movies, when we have a character like a woman who is uh, oppressing other women or who is oppressing anyone, I, I really that terrifies me because to me, there's something that shows how broken our system is. Our system is broken not just because we do these terrible things, but because in a system where the minority truly is the attractive, rich, white, heterosexual male, um, we still allow everyone else to oppress each other and to be oppressed by others. Like that's terrifying. And that's what the film should have been looking at instead of making Jenna Malone crazy. Um, and just someone who, who was almost like a witch character. And, and that was, that to me was the biggest disappointment because you can't show that this is a systemic issue if you're going to make it seem like these are just nutcases and everyone else in America wouldn't allow this to happen. Yep. Exactly. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly right. (laughs) So if we go back to that quote by Scott uh, in Horror Noir about what is that moment, place, or feeling that defines freedom for African-Americans, I don't think this film... I think this film was trying to show that we haven't had that moment yet. But it wasn't capable of doing so in part because of the simplicity of of both of the female characters' creations. Um, And I would argue, as even though it was cinematically very pretty, that final scene where she's riding on the horse with the American flag after having satisfactorily burned down the plantation right it's a beautiful it's visually beautiful um but i feel like that moment by being triumphant this is a film that i don't think can afford to be affirmative without making it think us think that that you know as long as we don't have modern day slave slave plantations we're okay yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no i think that's right oh had so much potential, it, uh, but I, it did. I and I, I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff here. Uh, but yeah, I think it just really fails from being too simplistic. It, I, it doesn't not have nearly a nuanced worldview. Um, and for for a film that is so clearly inspired by Get Out. It's able to make none of the same striking social commentary that Get Out is able to make, which is frustrating. Although, in their defense, even Peel hasn't managed to quite achieve yeah, you're right. our thoughts. You're right, you're right. Get <laughs> I am excited because, as you know, I uh, constantly push Anthony to let us include books, which he has no problems with. Other than the part where, you know, most people don't talk about horror fiction as much. But I am so excited because we are returning back to, as we do about once or twice or three times a year, our uh, episode on a horror novel. And so this next episode uh, that we will be doing is on... The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. And probably you have heard of Grady Hendrix if you're reading uh, horror fiction now, as he is not only um, just a delightful horror comedy writer, but he also sort of like single-handedly brought back some of the pulp horror of the the 80s and 90s with his uh, book Paperbacks from Hell, and then the the limited release of the the terribly wonderful um, pulp novels so we are very excited uh, for you to join us for that episode in the meantime be sure to follow us on social media which are linked in the description and where you get your podcast from give us a like and leave us a review and as always share us with your friends thanks for listening <laughs>